This episode of the Last King podcast is brought to you by Incest. Incest. It's only wrong when ugly people do it. What the <laughs> fuck? <was> <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Last King podcast. Of course, if you've been on hiatus for a good solid month, okay, vacations over. Blew his first joke of the day. Blew his load. Blew his joke. Everybody's blowing everybody here at the Last King Studios. But we're back. We haven't been cancelled. So. <laughs> We are back for let's, the third season, yeah. Let's reintroduce ourselves, okay? I am, of course, uh, Dr. Shafiq, and who do I have here in the Last King Studios? This is Mr. Toffee, the happy one, and the more energetic kind of guy. I don't know why I'm so energetic right now, because third season, we're on, and... Why don't you yourself? And, and lock up your sisters! <laughs> yeah, that too, don't forget that. Raring to go! <laughs> Raring to go! Uh, and it's eccentric Tom, the white guy with uh, a serious uh, Freudian complex. <laughs> so it's been a uh, very Wait, a while actually. Since very a very healthy stuff. vacation we did take right there. Uh-huh. So any of you guys missed us? Apparently a lot of you did. You know our episodes are doing pretty well despite yeah. the absence. Yeah, the yeah. Megatron Queen Elizabeth episode did pretty well. Mm. Yes. Yeah. It's mm. our best episode so far. Yes. So if yeah, it, it, I think. It, Point way better than a Guardians episode, yeah, and that did really good too. And that did really good too. Mm-hmm. So it's like, thank you, Last King fans, for sticking with us, even though we weren't around to kind of provide you all the normal pop culture uh, fodder, you know. But there was nothing to talk about anyway. Well, like, but know. now things are happening, and we and have- we've gone through a holiday. We watch a lot of movies. We played a lot of games. We watch a lot of other TV shows on Netflix mostly. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna start rambling on in this really awesome first. Started to the third season. So, like, okay, this is a segment that I produce all by myself. So, it's gonna be the first ever Last King Round Robin. What did you catch and did you like it? Woohoo! <laughs> so, I'm just That's gonna. a very catchy title, my friend. I know. The SEO is gonna be can terrible. You, can, you say it, can you say it again? It, uh, it again? There you go. Okay. Uh, anyway, <laughs> of course, we gotta talk about. Of course, we gotta kind of talk about all the stuff that we did really miss out on during the span of our uh, vacation. And, um, okay, of course, you know, the. the the elephant in the room, the, the juggernaut that we have to talk about is, of course, uh, Game of Thrones finally wrapped up. Yeah. Okay, season 7, right? And, okay, you guys, your one word review. Best season so far? Meh. Dragons! Dragons! Yeah, that's all I have to that's say, That's the man. review, yeah. We waited a while for yeah. that shit to turn up, you know? And, and all that budget for that actually paid off quite well, was, actually. Yeah, I mean... The build-up was there. I mean, it had to happen anyway. You had to set the stage and everything. Yeah, they picked up the dragons ever since season one when they vaguely referenced Valerian the Black Dread and the various other dragons. And then you finally see Drogon be Drogon and... Holy shit! What was it called again? The loot... uh, Loot crates. Loot crates. (laughs) We're not brought to you by loot crates. Burning those dudes, uh, the army. The loot convoy, something like that? Yeah, something like that. Like the Uh, the guys from coming over from Highgarden and... Oh boy, I bet that smells really nice. Mm, Let's be getting hot in here. Nah, and yeah. especially, like, did you all see the behind the scenes uh, yeah, special? Yeah, I did. Set, like, 80 stuntmen on fire. Like, it's my, a living. Yeah. <laughs> my favorite is that uh, little video they have where a guy is like on fire and nonchalantly just walking along. So, and actually, he starts flaming back. <laughs> actually. Yeah. <laughs> it's not and then he stops like, uh, like tries to pick up a newspaper. That has got. That has to be like the best job in the world, right? You know, yeah. just yeah. just being on fire. <laughs> just being on fire. But you guys have to agree with me. Like the rest of the season, all that things that we wanted to happen w- did actually happen in the end. What we expected was gonna happen did happen per se. Like with 
Daenerys with um, Littlefinger especially I mean like I would say Arya this, and all that. Uh, yeah. Season 7 is suffering for wrap up itis where we really gotta end things and we gotta like tie up all the loose ends get this shit done I mean like it's most like a, you know when you're completing Skyrim and you just need to get everything <laughs> done so you just yeah. fast travel everywhere that's what's happening in this I mean like I think uh, the biggest uh, thing to point out is the fact that you know it's suffering from we gotta wrap this up is when like oh is that Baratheon kid who we put on the boat yeah, oh yeah he's back <laughs> and Uncle Benji returns again so that, seemingly so, from the dead so, undead yeah all these I know he's re-dead re-dead dead yeah yeah so undeaded it yeah no but like it's, it's, it's literally like you know like oh remember the NPC you were ignoring <laughs> there he is <laughs> he just oh yeah that guy I like that guy okay oh he, he's, he's back he's big yeah <laughs> No, but okay, so Game of Thrones, uh, I think the only thing people are majorly complaining about is the fact we got to wait two years for the next season. Yeah, I mean, something might be coming out next year, like a kind of stopgap thing, because, I don't know, HBO realizes it's their cash cow. And the fact that they are also kind of hinting, I don't know if it's official though, they want to kind of do a prequel series where it's like, young Sean Bean. Have they announced yeah. anything during the past weekend or the last weekend or no, so? No, they've not announced anything. I mean, you know, HBO are pretty good at keeping secrets when, you know, they're not have being hacked. <laughs> they're, they're ha <laughs> getting hacked is a thing when you're a big show anyways. So. Yeah, exactly. It means you're popular, boys and girls. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the thing is, I am going to be disappointed by whatever prequel show they do, because they will not have Henry Cavill as young Robert Baratheon. Henry Cavill? He... That, say what you want about that guy. He was born to play a six foot five dude with a hammer screaming at people. No, that's true. Sure. Yeah, no, sure. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I see it. I can see him also as a remake Superman. Still remember that version? <laughs> <laughs> More whitewashing problems. Uh, but anyway, yes, Game of Thrones came and went. We were really happy about it. We Good enjoyed stuff. it. Good stuff. Good stuff, you know. Uh, why is it taking so long for another season? But hey, we will wait patiently. Contract negotiations, probably. Do you know Tinklage makes half a million an episode? Hmm. Good for him, good for him. I think that's why they're doing fewer episodes, not because they're trying to condense the storyline, just so they don't have to pay each <laughs> main character that, that much. That is probably, it's, it's suffering from the what happened to Friends, you know yeah. what I mean? Where like, if, where the Brad, the, the Brad Pitt guest character was actually cheaper than the actual cast. <laughs> <laughs> what a weird world the 90s were, where Brad Pitt was cheaper than Jennifer fucking Aniston. Yeah. Well, you know. Now well, we can now we can afford Julie with that money, but okay. So should we dive into Netflix next? Let's dive in. Okay, show? from HBO to the Netflix O. The, the Netflix O. Okay, uh, BoJack Horseman. The new season came out, and what do you guys think? Whew. Pretty depressing in a way, yeah. but at least I guess the stuff that BoJack did in season one, season two, and season three when he grew up in this one, at least he didn't make the wrong wrong decision per se. No, no. Let's not... Uh, okay, not say too much, right? Yeah, because I've only watched up to uh, episode 8. Okay, okay, I am watching it with... It is still kind of depressing, yeah, but... I'm watching it with my wife, and she suddenly decided that The Office really needs to be watched right now, so we've not watched... Uh, UK or US? US. <laughs> yeah, I know. And you're English, huh? That's why I don't watch it. <laughs> like, but it's the expected progression of what happened in season 3 anyway. Yeah, I mean, the bits I have seen, I... You know, just like every other Bojack episode before, there are always certain parts where you go, Ugh, that's too close to how I feel. Like the one where you're talking about the voice inside your head saying, You're a piece of shit, you can't do anything right, what's wrong with you, no one likes you. I like that, that episode, yeah. It's like, like pretty much anyone who's had any doubt in their lives was reaching out going, Get out of my head, producers. <laughs> Stop telling me how I'm feeling right yeah. now. Right? And yeah. then the lie he told tells his daughter it's like does it go away yes, okay it does. you haven't seen the whole thing yeah that's actually a lot more 
Let's take. So it's very hard for us to discuss things yeah. because I we don't want to spoil things. But did you make it to the point where he flashback to his uh, childhood home? That was the second episode, right? I don't know. There was an, another one. There's another that. one. It's actually the second last episode. So, oh, so no, that's not that so I, I, the one I, where his mother gets lobotomized. That broke my heart so yeah. hard. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> you know um, those shows which don't make you cry but make you just dead inside, like Graveyard of the Fireflies? Mm-hmm. Where you just finish and go. Good reference, sir. Yeah. It's like you finish and just go. Ugh. Like I felt like that after watching that. This is like this is a show where animals talk, and Hollywood's called Hollywood, right? and it's making me feel it's Hollywood because they, Hollywood. St- Hollywood. Sorry, they stole the D from season two. <laughs> one of the main characters is a fucking Labrador who acts like a Labrador and is running for governor and, and has sex with an Asian lady. Yeah, yeah. that and is also <laughs> contesting his uh, presidency, presidency. Sorry, governancy with uh, Woodchuck. Of all features. Yeah, uh, Mr. Woodchuck Berkowitz. Yes. <laughs> no, Woodchuck Kuchuk Berkowitz. Hey. Who, who has hands? <laughs> I like the payoff to that gag. I love the payoff yeah. to that gag too. <laughs> Nobody likes you, you have claws. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, overall, I mean, Bojack season 4 yeah, still retains its awesomeness. Yeah. I yeah. would think, yeah, I mean, it's the, the best new season I've seen this uh, year. Like for all the shows, like I mean, including Game of Thrones, and also we're gonna talk about Rick and Morty later. Yeah, I think that I think this Bojack is the most the strongest consistent yeah. level of quality, whereas the other ones have had dips here and there. Now we should move from Bojack to Glow. <laughs> gorgeous, <laughs> yeah. gorgeous ladies of wrestling, yo! Oh, yes. You guys seen all the episodes? I've seen right? all the episodes. All the episodes. <laughs> Did you guys appreciate when they use that Transformers song in the montage? You got the touch. No, no, no the other one, the other one. Which one? <laughs> There, there. Oh, there! Better believe! Yo, I like that. No, but the, the music choices were amazing. Oh, yeah, amazing. The performances were amazing. And also, surprisingly, the wrestling wasn't half bad. I bought it. some old school guys as well, too. Even Carlito for Crying Out Loud from back in the... WW, I'm not sure. He's from definitely the, the Attitude Era. Yes. No, 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 not Attitude, sorry. He's ladies-ish. Carlito's 90s. No, 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 his grandfather. Not, not the apple chewing on this father. I can't remember, man. That was a long time ago. I don't know. I'm, I'm more of a Bert the Hitman heart kind you of guy. You could be <laughs> referencing... Like, Anybody. Like, Sumatran royalty for all I fucking know. Oh, okay. But, but, it, but, it, but I, it's a nice touches there. That not a wrestling fan here, Tom? Authentic. Fuck no. Mm. Glow is the kind of show that would actually make you appreciate wrestling because it explains perfectly what it's all about. The no. showmanship, everything. Not just that, but the, 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 the killer line, the one thing that... The thing is, I was watching this with my girlfriend. And then, like, eh, I mean, I, like, I wanted to watch this with my girlfriend. I'm like trying to convince her, right? And then, like, there was this one episode, especially when the Brie Larson character watches her first wrestling match, mm-hmm. and then she realizes immediately, like, oh, I get it now. This is a soap opera. Like to me, that is the point where, like, yes, she gets it. That is how it should be explained to people from now on. Yeah, like, wrestling is literally soap opera for men. We want to see people have family disputes, fight the undead, uh, <laughs> <laughs> basically, you know, you know, amnesia storylines. So you want but the with dead. pile drivers <laughs> and chairs to the face. You know, that, that's what. It, that's basically what it is. And like, that's the thing I, I love about Glow so much is because not only does it like explain the thing in, in a very concise way that 
even a woman would understand. I don't know. I hate to say, I hate to say it that way. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, because that's the thing. Because like that's that. the thing. Because like the, all the characters when they enter like the auditions, basically all of them were basically like going, "Oh, this is a wrestling thing," and all of them have that chip on their shoulder. Like oh, we don't get it. We don't care. And of course, we have the amazing powerhouse uh, legacy wrestler girl, mm-hmm. and she's like, "Oh yeah, my dad's like this amazing wrestler." And like, oh my god, she knows what she's doing. So it's like it's basically that is what I love about Glow is like if you're not a wrestling fan but you want to like you know understand understand it about. in a very fun way and why people like watching and this. why yeah. why wrestling fans love wrestling so much you learn it it's not really about the wrestling no it's about <laughs> the, the storylines the pageantry the... around it yes and also <laughs> my God Mark Maron. He's like the perfect mix of like Vince McMahon and Jimmy Hart, you know, mm. with the mustache and the way he just treats his like you know the people he works but with. He is such a massive dickhead twat, <laughs> but you like him because he's just like you're an asshole, but you obviously want to hug. No, you like him because he kissed his daughter. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I was like, what the fuck? Are you doing? Thanks for the setup, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> But yes, uh, <laughs> bring it all back, you know. Uh, let's tap out right now. So, what your thoughts on Glow? Any anything else you want to mention? Nothing else to add except again, loving the music additions to that show. Looking forward to season two. How about you? Yeah, I really want to see where they go with season two because I wonder if they're gonna stick to what actually happened with Gorgeous Laser Wrestling, where it never quite took off and disbanded. I think what five, ten years later. How are they gonna build up from there? Basically? Yeah, like are they going to start? breaking away and start like giving these women the success they deserve or they're gonna say like life's not fair you're gonna burn out this is what i want to see and if uh, both um the what was the russian Alison Bree kind of yeah. and uh, the blonde one yeah the blonde one yeah i want to see how they how they're gonna fix that relationship anyway i don't want them to fix it i want that drama to still stay yeah. because then it'll be like owen hart versus bret hart like you know all these yes. two people yeah that makes they're supposed to be friends but they can't get along and then like you know it's, it's like macho man or randy savage like where you have the two marquee oh, characters macho macho man and hulk hogan um, yes. my, uh, and yeah. hulk hogan like that that's perfect they set it up perfectly what i want to see happen to glow and it probably won't happen in the next what season what i do want them to see okay. is to get slightly better workout gear because fucking hell the 80s had really bad workout attire how how dare you, sir? Nylon leotards and leggings are th- amazing to look at. Our <laughs> thing. Being Not ma- the way they were catching them. Being, being a man of a certain generation, you you just don't get it, bro. <laughs> He's hiding the leotard in his closet. Right you now. have <laughs> no idea how sexy aerobics is. <laughs> anyway, but, but the, notwithstanding, like what I wanted, that would be an interesting storyline for them to attempt is basically when the fans start to reject all the the corniness of wrestling and they have to go th- like the uh, glow has to go through their attitude era oh. they have to create their stone cold or their rock you know like even oh. before the stone cold era came in yeah, right? you know, and then, but in that. girl form you know like a, a really cocky brash very charismatic female wrestler who is not playing a character but playing herself like that would be an interesting uh, character arc you know that, what i see mm-hmm. or even better the extreme version oh yeah with the thumbtacks and the barbed wire and these women on fire <laughs> i think that'll be a season three thing maybe if it has to go later down in the decade um, the extreme ladies of wrestling elo <laughs> because the 80s they still have to keep the whole non-pc kind of look going on yell o w no no extreme ladies of wrestling elow 
No matter what, whichever different alternative characters you are from, your fate is still kind of determined well, per se. I mean, especially with the Rick Lantis mix-up episode. Oh yeah, especially. No, uh, my thing is, Bojack is like having that good friend who is manic depressive that you have to kind of hang out with, and you know you want to support them, but they really bring you down. Rick and Morty is like having the same one, but a bipolar friend who now and then snaps and punches you in the face saying NOTHING FUCKING MATTERS! Because it's something logical in his head, but yeah. not in the rest of the world. So it's literally, uh, Bojack Horseman is hanging out with Sick Boy, whereas Rick and Morty is hanging out with Beck B. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, pretty, reference much, pretty, much, pretty much, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, like, like he's the friend who, who might just kill you. <laughs> yeah, it's like, if you get too comfortable, you might end up Bitten or pulverized or blown out an airlock. Or have some weird uh, alien seat stuck up your ass. <laughs> so, any standout, <laughs> standout moments for you guys for season three? Rick Lantis uh, mix up? The, the, the Citadel Rick. The, the, yeah, that one. Solo. The second yeah. best bit of TV ever made after the Ozymandias episode from Breaking Bad. I'll agree mm. with you, but I'm gonna add in one from my side when uh, it was Susan Sarandon who was the psychiatrist in the third Pickle Rick episode, was it? Yes, yeah, Pickle yeah. Rick episode, which yeah. oh, is a meme basically on just itself. summed up. Yeah, basically summed up Rick in a nutshell per se. Like he's doing all these things, yet he ends up as a guy with feces in his face and all that. As a pickle, yeah, I mean, per se. That, I would say that's a close third. I would put Rick Lantis further up because it's you know just a technical marvel, and. It's a 21 minute episode and they managed to fit three very complex storylines in just super tight with nothing left unexplained. So you have your training day part which work out, you have the Brazil uh, Oh yeah, of course the Brazil thing, out. yeah. You have the stand by me moment which works out. Oh, that's my yeah, favorite the part. The end of Pickle Rick was actually more honest, that's why I kind of resonate with that a bit more. Okay, I mean, I say. I would say, that's fair, that's your opinion. I would say the Pickle Rick episode is way more fun because of the action sequence. Oh yeah, that, yeah. One, that one I can't deny. That and, was good And also the, the- Pickle Rick! And the whole thing where he builds out a contraction with the cockroaches and shit. No, yeah. and- like, Where he starts uh, by like licking the brain. <laughs> yes! <laughs> no, but- also, the introduction of probably my new favorite character, Jaguar. I want oh, more yeah. Jaguar. Yeah. <laughs> Who is that guy? <laughs> God bless you, Danny Trejo. <laughs> that was Danny Trejo. Yeah, was that was Danny oh, Trejo. That's why I loved him so much. He is yeah, a yeah. spin-off show right now. I appreciate that episode because it was juxtaposed by that serious bit with the psychiatrist in the mm. end, and then in the car, it's like there's some denial thing going on. You know? Oh, yeah, like that's why I like that episode a lot. Like more. the children are just trying to be reasonable, and yes. yeah, the two adults are just. The children in the end. Completely in denial. It's like, let's dish these fuckers and let's go have fun. Yeah. No, but okay, my main complaint about Rick and Morty is that, uh, I think I mentioned this to you guys, but it's uh, it's teetering on getting a bit too mean-spirited at points. There yeah. are definitely moments where, I mean, it's always been mean to Jerry, not because... But now it's being mean to everybody. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, even with Jerry, I, it gets really, like, 
But it's kind of justifiable him. for justifiable him. It's justifiable because... Yeah. For him, yeah. Because he's a beta male piece of shit. Mm. But, like, uh, Summer's boyfriend in that episode, He didn't deserve to be... He oh, yeah, didn't the, deserve yeah. to be threatened in that way. That yeah. was, like, he was just being a teenager. And Morty had no business being that kind of involved. And also, you know, the... Also, one which I had mixed feelings about was uh, the Toxic episode. Where they removed... Uh, the toxicity, yeah. Yeah, where they collated being close with someone as being toxic was no, kind of I think the there word was more is, like a definition that we can actually throw I think out it's more and like, interpret on our own like m- maybe it's more like Morty being dependent and non-courageous I guess yeah. like he de- he depends on Rick to kind of survive these situations though we do see uh, shines Mort- of shining bits Morty of courage Morty is kind of growing as a character and yeah. the thing is he's turning into a real sociopath and then when he took yeah. out the toxicity from him in that episode that was like the apex of Morty he like, turns into American Psycho yeah that too <laughs> good <yes>. job <laughs> he turned into Rick if he had people skills Mm. Like, Rick is just smart. Morty is, if you had, maybe not the exact same smart, but just had such the unending charisma where you can do anything. Like, the kind of person who can just walk in and convince you to give you everything. Or sleep with him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that too. Yeah. Like um, Prince Charming in the Fables comics. But you know what? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, a yeah, that's a good one. That's good. But here's the thing. Uh, probably one of the best Voltron cameos ever. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> can we keep no, the drone? It turns into a Voltron. Yeah, yeah that's a wonderful petty moment. <laughs> can we keep the drones? No, it turns into a Voltron. <laughs> Fuck you. Keep his robots. That was uh, awesome for a random reason. <laughs> Just for a few seconds, like, no, but yeah, we watch Voltron. I also want to kind of bring up the fact that it got really mean-spirited with the Fruity Land episode because mm. literally we find out Beth is a bitch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's literally, like, she is her father's daughter, that's one thing. And it, it's kind of hinted that she's trying to cope with it, especially with the marriage with Jerry. Yeah. But also at the same time, you kind of feel like, yeah, this show has enough psychos. We, 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 don't, we, need we, we don't need one. another one, you know? But I also kind of like the fact that it's all about the legacy. About I mean, it was also explained in the... You know that weird episode where they went to that like amusement park where you can't die? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah that and was then, uh, uh, fifth or fourth. Like where he explained right. to Jerry that you uh, shot twenty cc's of no dream into my daughter. She's the daughter. She's my daughter. She's Rick's daughter. And, and like, you ruined her. And you ruined her. It's like oh, I I, That's the same episode I get where it. They, um, um, where they threatened the boyfriend. I think it's the same episode. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, because Summer tries to blow her boobs up and yeah, it turns yeah. into no, a but, monster. And <laughs> <laughs> because, yeah. because Rick and Morty, this, I mean, that's the thing. We need a Cronenberg moment. I so, guess. Yeah. like, my major complaint about Rick and Morty is like, it's, it's, a, it's still amazing, it's still a great show, but it's kind of like focusing too much on the family drama and all about Rick trying to deal with him. I think a big good comparison to bring up with that is a Community Season 3 when it got a bit dark. Like when Dan Harmon. Yeah, but that's did more Ryder Strike problems, I guess. <laughs> maybe that, maybe that. But I felt that maybe Dan Harmon has a bit of like he wanted to make one episode just focus on that before he goes on well, to the crazy Dan, adventures in the second season. Because Dan Harmon does have his issues. I think he's an. Alcoholic. Of course, he's, he's got a, his issues. I think he's an alcoholic. He's a writer and a comedian. There you go. But yeah. I mean, what I wanted to really bring up instead was the fact that okay, I like the fact that you're expanding the lore because it was kind of uh, revealed to us, especially with season two, where mm-hmm. it's a multiverse. There's many multiple versions of Rick and Morty. So all of a sudden, these characters become dispensable. In a way mm. where like you, there's no uh, there's no risk there's no like if they die like oh yeah there's there's another dimension where another adventure will happen, and I kind of want them to focus more on that yeah. more on the adventures less on about the family dynamics like okay we get it it's a dysfunctional family yes we get it Jerry's a loser Beth could possibly be a psycho Rick's a sociopath Morty Summer is just like 
the worst nightmare of a teenage daughter you could have. Eh, I guess so. But also at the same time, it's like, okay, we have other shows to do that. Where's the fun adventure where we explore a universe where everything is made of farts yeah, or yeah. something, you know? Because if you want dark family drama, I would say Ozark did a better job. Of or Bojack Horseman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. So it's uh, like, And also, the finale was a bit... Eh. It happened. I mean, it was a fun episode, but it didn't feel like a finale. I mean, compare that to the season two finale, which ends with Rick giving himself in for the sake of his family, mm, which I was guess. really touching, even though you knew he was going to break out at some point because it's Rick. Like, yeah, we we I get to see Poopy Butthole come back, so that was yeah, in a stinger, but not yeah. an actual episode. I yeah. didn't like and took a jab at every other fan waiting for another Rick and Morty. But here's a here's a one joke pony. I mean, yeah. he's written he, just he is around. Yeah. He's a one-joke pony. At the same yeah. time, uh, I will say also this, like, Rick and Morty, uh, it, I think they also didn't want to suffer under the weight of the expectation mm. after the brilliance that was season 2. At the same time, it's also maybe because I have a funny feeling that, uh, especially with Dan Harmon and Justin Rowland, they just want to really flesh out as much as they can because I think they are on that point where we're not going to do this forever. Yeah. You, you can sense it. There's a very nihilistic undertone throughout all of Rick and Morty and at the same time it's, it's uh, these are very self-destructive characters but it's also written by I think some pretty self-destructive kind of people oh yeah absolutely and the thing is like probably Dan Harmon's suffering from what happened to Community and how, that sh- how they treated him and how even the stars treated him and like, I think he's getting they, through a divorce too last I checked there you go so it's like this is him dealing with things and it's like it's, um, it's amazing to watch but also at the same time you like, got that sinking feeling that, you the know. thing is I still want my Adult Swim cartoons to be Adult Swimish and just have random stoner kind of moments I think the problem is that Rick and Morty is them breaking into the mainstream kind of so it's it's still an Adult Swim property but I feel like it's the thing that they kind of showcase to say we're on my channel whereas if you still want the randomness they still have plenty of new stuff which is more zany and less yeah I guess so I mean I would say like this is like the Nirvana discography like (laughs) season 1's Bleach season 2's Nevermind which blew everyone away and this is in utero I'm not so sure if it's good or great or I like it but it got really dark (laughs) but we left a lasting impression in your head or maybe you know portaling his brains out oh god I hope that doesn't happen (laughs) and Justin Rowland's gonna form the greatest rock band in the world (laughs) 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 but okay anyway uh, maybe we should just Power on through. Okay, so Rick and Morty, final thoughts? Good stuff, good stuff. Good stuff, I, I agree. Yeah. Good stuff, yeah. Okay, so uh, something came out, and the thing is, let's talk to this in tandem because they're yeah. very much. Similar. Yeah. They're very similar. They're based on the same you know, premise. Okay, yeah. Orville and Star Trek Dis- Discovery just recently dropped. came out. Like, there were Star like Trek three, Discovery four, five episodes. is not like a one shot season binge, right? You, it, no, no, it's, it's going to come out in it's, batches. It's weekly on Netflix because it's still... I just want to kind of... I think it's AMC who are running it. Yeah, I guess so too. But um, Orville, is it also a It's also a weekly thing, not on Netflix. Yeah. People, okay, the thing is people That's actually Fox, had a misconception right? because I think it's Fox, yeah. People thought it was going to be a parody, but no, it is actually a true, legit Star Trek TV show Without the brand, of course. Which is strange because it's going head to head with an actual Star Trek show, which also yes. came out at the same time, which it's stars Michelle Yeoh as like probably one of my f- new favorite captains. Mm-hmm. So my main complaint about uh, Star Trek Discovery is that <laughs> it says Star Trek, Star Trek Discoveries, <laughs> Star Trek, Star Trek Discovery. Tech, tech, tech. <laughs> but, okay, but here's the thing. Um, yeah, you're spinning off from J.J. Abrams stuff. You're not really following what true Star Trek is. Uh, I get it. I thought they're actually mm. going for that in the third. 
episode per the, se the, the thing, Jason Isaacs came in it, it finally does but also at the same time I think the major complaint a lot of Star Trek fans have is the fact like oh this is an action show it's trying to be like Battlestar Galactica Galactica we're asking podcast proper drunk already here in the afternoon but it's also at the same time um I also understand the fact that you can't do old Star Trek anymore, especially in this day and age. I mean, kids don't have the patience for it, and the old school fans will just complain and like, well, it'll never top Voyager or no. or Deep Space Nine. People yeah. are more sensitive about the social issue issues these days, which was tackled perfectly in Battlestar. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I, I mean, especially that. The, the thing about Battlestar Galactica, it came out during uh, like the Bush administration. Mm-hmm. So the parables are there about this invading force and how like the local people are just fighting them off, and then they like, rebranded as terrorists because they like, oh, now you're insurgents. No, we're just protecting our homes. No, that's what I liked about Battlestar Galactica. And then like here we have Star Trek, and it's like ah, oh, you need to entice new people by making things explode and flashy. And okay, everybody's gonna complain about oh the Klingons don't look accurate. The Klingons never looked accurate. Okay, yeah, they're from always or- changing. For some from reason, original yeah. season till the latest movies, get off your ass! Like fuck Shafik, it. Shafiq, somehow you mentioned something really cool. Like there, we can't go back to the old school stuff. We can't, right? yeah. Which is what Orville is actually. It's going back to TNG and dare I say the OG Star Trek of William Shatner back in the day. But it- it, with the, the colors and the budget, the thing is, is that the I prosthetics, seen, everything. I haven't seen either, but I know Sepe fallen enough to know that it's gonna be that with him going, wink. Oh <laughs> no, no, no. All the time. dude, dude, you'll be surprised. There's none of that really? in this at all. I'm, dude, I'm actually just as shocked as you are, honestly. When I watch three episodes of this show, it's like, this is genuinely a good Star Trek show with so, some comedy, essentially, a but, little bit so, in the situation. Not so much. A, not but not here's my argument show. with it: it's a Star Trek ripoff. It's basically not even a ripoff. It's a ripoff of ripoff. It's trying to be Galaxy Quest, but oh, not so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. That's, yeah. Like, that's so an argument Galaxy there. Quest it is still Galaxy Quest. But here's yeah. the question: It's like, it's like, it's literally, it's Seth MacFarlane all over again. It's like, oh, The Simpsons exist. I'll do my own version with my own brand yeah, yeah, of, of humor. Course, of course. So the that's the main problem that. I have with Orville. Is like, oh, you're not doing something new. You're just taking something you like and putting your stamp on it. So you're which being is, Seth MacFarlane. So you're just being Seth MacFarlane. But the the thing is, he actually dialed up the comedy up to. 11 for Family Guy for better or worse mm-hmm. in Orville not so much like the comedy that comes in is mostly like true awkward pauses and all that and making a knock at his ex-wife who is also the co-captain in that show by the way so, and all that so it's more like less not such wing timing. yes McFarlane actually being mature for once in a way but there's still some stupid moments like you've got like your second first officer bridge who lays eggs because his whole species is all male and all that shit right <laughs> And he has to actually sit and incubate the egg. And then there's actually a pretty good episode that comes after that. About the baby and everything. Okay, so, thing is, I'm actually a bit more uh, forgiving of Sepin Farlan. Because, yes, he's got a massive ego. Yes, Family Guy has gone fucking crazy. He convinced Charlize Theron to be his love interest in a movie. Somehow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you and go. The oh, is- Family Guy has gone out the deep rails. I mean, he even wanted to kill him. I mean, he killed himself off, basically, the dog, you know? So. And then came back the very next episode. It's fucked up. It's yeah. a cash cow. He understands that. Yeah, and the thing is, he is a very smart writer. That's the thing. He is actually a very intelligent, very well-versed individual. It's just that... I think that he wrote himself into a corner with Family Guy, American Dad, Cleveland Show. I mean, Which cancelled anyway, so... Who remembers that piece of shit? Yeah. And then Ted, Billy West died in the West. Like, he wrote himself Ted to- 2. Yeah. <laughs> Ted 2. He became that guy that, you know, the, the one who you really love when you're 15, and then when you turn 25, you go, 
Oh, wait. I now understand why he appealed to 15-year-old me. He's now actually... Is he trying to be a bit more, like, actually good? Yes, okay. for this one, at the very least. I mean, I'm only three episodes in because I think there's, like, four yeah, or five. I'm not, I'm not gonna judge till I see all of it. Yeah, I gotta watch all of it, but so far, if he keeps up with this tension, we finally get to see Seth MacFarlane grow up. Finally, you know. But is that what we want to see? At least for this show, yes, but I'm not sure about other things that he can do in the future. So when he actually puts his mind to it, he can actually write pretty decent shows, per se. I mean, the but first two seasons of Family Guy, off... it was actually decent, per but se. Like, I'll think, confess. I think next but... he needs to do a Broadway musical. Because <laughs> he Perhaps. fucking loves show tunes. No, but here's the problem. You can't pop like Trey Parker and Matt Stone, who kills it. Because Book of Mormon, holy, you, you, you're yeah, going yeah, up against. And the thing is, they already did it with South Park too. Yeah. That's so true. sorry, Seth MacFarlane, you are literally late to the party. And I get it. You want to do a Star Trek kind of tribute slash parody slash whatever, but it's like, uh, okay, but don't expect the kind of fanfare. But at the, at the same time, like I said, only a few there episodes. There is promise per se. Yeah. Few episodes are out, and the thing is, it's, it's going to be very interesting to be the comparison between uh, Discovery and yeah, Orville. Like, okay, here's something that is uh kind of in a way not saying parodying but you know taking influence from and here's something literally continuing like you know that legacy th- that legacy so like okay these two exist at the same time so it's gonna be a very it's interesting thing a time. funny world indeed yes you know there's not gonna be any more Star Trek movies which is good and bad but okay tell you what the, we're gonna wrap up the, our first segment okay we talked all about everything we talked about Last King fans tell us is there something that came out uh, that existed that we missed out on or that you want us to talk about please let us know. We have social media still, apparently. Yeah, we'll do Thanks another so roulette episode. You know, do you want us to talk about that PlayStation show, Day Dad of Light, which what? was, which Wait, was horrible? That was a show on the PlayStation. No, no, no. Is oh, should I mention it for briefly? No, there's this show on Netflix, which is like a Japanese uh, soap opera about a son trying to reconnect his dad through playing Final Fantasy: A Realm Reborn. It's called huh. Final Fantasy 15: Dad of Light. It's a terrible show. <laughs> But I gotta it's, see this, but it's gr- it, it, it sounds like a Reddit story. It is so stupid, but it's so fun to watch. Okay, anyway, okay. now anyway, but lasting fans, l- let us know. Okay, so we're gonna go take a quick break, and we're gonna come back with our main review where we finally talk about a video game. Yeah, a couple. Maybe. It's been <laughs> how long since the Andromeda episode? I I don't know, but okay. Anyway, the the video game uh, barrage of like titles are coming, so yeah, we're gearing up for that. Also, uh, in our main segment, we're gonna talk about a, a sequel. Okay, uh, which is gonna be very English, so it's a good thing we have an English guy here to explain <laughs> things. Woo-hoo! I just exported in. Yeah. Okay, so uh, we'll be right back right after this. <laughs> And we're back! Alright, so we've talked a lot about TV shows, so now we're just gonna get more into games and movies. Finally, yes. We are a video game podcast originally. We were, we were, we were. (laughs) Or still are, maybe, you know. So, about Kingsman. About Kingsman. (laughs) Okay, we're jumping the gun here. No, no, we'll just go to the games for now. We jumped a lot of guns in Kingsman, huh? (laughs) (laughs) So, I've checked out this game for the past few weeks, months, okay, maybe one month ago, basically. It's called Yeast 8. Yeast uh, Yeah, Shafiq, you might have known this series back then called the Yeast yeah, series. I, I yeah, I played up till 3 on the old uh, 16-bit era. The Mega Drive, right? Mm-hmm. Am I recall? Well, it's my third favorite like JRPG series. Yeah, so now they're actually making more of these apparently. And I Yeast. didn't know anything about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeast! Alright, so basically Yeast 8, you're a castaway, same guy, Adol, the main character, and you're stuck after the ship has been cra- destroyed by a giant octopus monster thing, and then now you're stuck on this island. 
And apparently this island has a shitload of mysteries and stuff going on like dinosaurs, monsters and whatnot. So you kind of have to survive while also figuring out the mystery behind the island. Along the way, so yeah, this... it's Kong Skull Island, but a <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. I was actually thinking more Castaway. Oh yeah, but also Kong Skull With Island. With dinosaurs. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With but dinosaurs, yeah. That would have been a very different movie. Mm -hmm. And surprisingly, this is such a really fun game. I mean, and I actually gave a shit about the characters. I mean, you've got like a woman from royalty who somehow knows about these dinosaurs and shit. A woman <laughs> from royalty. <laughs> yeah. German royalty. German royalty. German royalty, by the way. With an American accent. She's a Kaiserette. Is that yes. the word to you? Because apparently the East world is kind of tailored after yes. the real world in a way. Yeah. I just like so saying, you got Greece. Greece. So you got Romans, you've got Greek people, you've got yeah, Africans as well, or some shit like that, you know? It's like the guy from um, uh, Little Britain. Yes! 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 Like the shittiestly pronounced title for a JRPG, but it's actually really good. I can see this doing very well in the Google search engine <laughs> SEO optimization. Well, yes. <laughs> there you go. What's this game called? Yes! Or in Japan, Yisu. 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 So if you guys Eto. like Diablo or Skyrim or any action RPG with a lot of. Play those instead. <laughs> No, no, dude, 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 don't knock it, dude. What the hell, man? I'm trying to give it a good review. Go, 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 go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like putting the chair out for someone to sit down. I'm sorry. Okay, I liked ease. <laughs> yeah, so the controls are good. I'm actually having a lot of fun. I'm only like, I'm already like 30 hours in. If you like boss fights a lot, yeah, there's actually a lot of that, that thing going on. Is it turn-based? No, right? No, no, no. It's action RPG all the way through. So it's real time. time. Mm. You get to switch between three of your party members, like, because you got like, one along with two other AI guys, and this is a little rock, paper, scissors mechanic where so it's like sword attacks only hurt like soft enemies. <laughs> so it's like Harry Potter and Prince of Azkaban video game. What? No. It's yeah, like it's not. Yeah, so it's between the three main characters. You do that for Fire Emblem too. <laughs> you got the rock, paper, shit going on. It's, it's like Fire Alex Emblem. Kid, where you literally have to play rock, paper, scissors against actual bosses. I don't know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you do that, Alex Kid. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Jesus. Deep reference right there, but okay, so Ease, uh, well, okay, uh, I'm a fan of the series, and I'm a fan of the JRPG uh, genre in general, but so how it's is... also kind of difficult per se too, I mean if you like the challenge per se, like there are enemies that can actually kill you with 2-3 hits, so you kind of need to learn to also dodge and parry, so they take a little bit from Bayonetta, like the whole do which time dodge thing, you dodge enemy attacks at a precise time, you slow down time for maybe a second or two, and if you actually guard, perfectly, you know, like a parrying, like in a fighting game, you actually get like a, your criticals get boosted up. Like in Bayonetta like too, right? Like the, the Muno Mahakala. Same deal, same yeah, deal, okay. I say. So apparently the E series has been doing that since part 7 in 2010 or 9. Mm. So this is basically just an extension of that, just for the PS4 and coming soon on PC. So okay. this is like 10 years in the making the sequel. Eh? In a way, it has just been building up on what the PSP Yeast has done anyway. I mean, it's nice to know that a franchise like this is probably getting some shine and coming back into the forefront, being yeah. a bit more mainstream, especially with like games like Final Fantasy and I don't, I can't think of any other JRPGs that came out recently. Maybe yeah, the Persona Yeast games. Yeast actually one of the more mainstream RPGs in Japan. Yeah, it's but not in Europe. So is this their attempt at doing the international crossover finally? They've done that for memories of Cell Setter on PS Vita. It's still by Falcom, right? Falcom is still yeah, Falcom is still there. This is yeah. still Falcom through and through. Since the 90s. <laughs> yeah, and the 80s, sorry. Since 80s, the 80s. Dude. Since the 80s, dude, yeah. And, dude, the music also kicks ass a lot. I'd say this is next to Persona 5 and next to Nier. I'd say East 8 has one of my favorite soundtracks for an entire game. Is this contender for Game of the Year for you? That's still too soon to tell because I'm still 30 hours in. I think mm. maybe I have another 10, 20 oh, hours. Only 30 hours in? 
Hey, <laughs> that's the same deal with uh, Nier as well. But had- you also have to understand this is a JRPG. Out of that 30 hours, 10 of it is just pressing next in the dialog box. <laughs> <laughs> a lot. <laughs> so don't really, don't stay for the story. I mean, it's it's a fun kind of story per se about castaways and but shit. But if you love the action. The action, I love the action a lot more per se. Okay. So coming out to PS4 and eventually no, it's to PC. it's out on PS4. Right? Finally, right? It's yes. coming out September. on PC when? That I don't know. I actually checked the Steam page. It's still on pre-order. So probably next month. Or, t- or just in time for Winter Seal, baby. Probably. Maybe, maybe. Or it could be like a region lock thing where it's already out in the US but not out for Asia. Which is bullshit. You I know. know. It's like Japan first, US. It's like, oi, fuckers. No, but they gotta make their money, you know, especially if they know that they can play to the hometown crowd, you know, make your money there and then try to branch out but okay I, I respect the fact that Yeezus is still around yes yes hey you might like it so maybe after you finish Nier you finish Neo John 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 you mean Yeezus 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 yeah. now I'm saying it wrong <laughs> I think John has a Yeezus infection right now <laughs> oh man why they gotta go there that's the dead joke of the day boys and girls <laughs> yeah but okay Um. so uh, final thoughts on your first impressions first impressions yeah damn good stuff dude looking forward to the rest of it huh? yes I am yeah and speaking of first impressions I'm gonna talk about a game that came out that everybody's talking about which is basically Contra plus Mickey Mouse Re- Cuphead Cuphead you know Cuphead? A, a game that I've been kind of uh, championing since it was announced at how many E3s ago is this? Uh, two E3s ago two, is, like, this is two years in the I making I think it was first announced in 2014 yeah. you gotta remember three guys were working on this three no, guys were working originally on this? two guys oh. no. it was two, two guys, guys and then one of the guys wife joined in holy shit yeah yeah to do the dishes. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. Wow, dude. Asking for first podcast. season in no third season in everybody. <laughs> misogynistic. We hit there. all our targets, and it had to be me. Of course. There you go. Okay, but uh, I'm pretty sure she does something important, like you know. Probably coding. I think she did the non-bus runs. <laughs> or yeah, maybe. Okay, but here's the thing. Um, Cuphead is a game that I've been really looking forward to, not just because of the art style, because it's been a while since we had a really fun run and gun. And like the last thing that I played that gave me this much excitement was probably like the Mel Slug series back in the '90s, mm. where it was like you know taking the Contra formula but adding a nice aesthetic twist on it. You know, and here we see Cuphead animated beautifully. Okay, I'm gonna get this out of the way. It's a gorgeous game. It looks good, plays good, feels good. The frame rate is perfect. I'm playing it on PC. Like people are playing this on Xbox One and I'm playing also- it on Xbox One. Rings okay. is gorgeous still. How's the frame rate and how's like the, the It's the same. The latency is fine, right? <laughs> it's uh, the same. And uh, but here's the here's the strange thing, right? There's a bit of a conversation going on about how people are saying like, oh it doesn't matter, you don't need a powerful PC to play this. But if you do play on a powerful PC and like when the projectiles come at you at that really nice smooth like frame rate, like, oh, it's easier to dodge kids. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but what I'm saying is this What are the requirements for a Fuck all, you know. A, a, it, it's an indie game. I a don't a think Casio it's calculator can run Cuphead, I guess, in this day and age. But like, is it more GPU or CPU intensive? I s- I'm thinking more CPU intensive, mm. actually. I also like how everyone's all moving with their elbows going back and forth and doing the hop. Like the, like the up real and down 1940s thing. dancing. 1930s, 20s even, yeah, some of these references. Yeah, the Silly Symphony, Disney era. It's like, like Steamboat mm. Willie. Like Max Fleischer era. era cartoons, right? Yeah. But, I mean, okay. Yeah, it looks great. Uh... But okay, here's the conversation I want to have with Cuphead is like, uh, is this the day and age for a running gunner to exist? What do you think? I mean, for me, I think like, I think it played itself out like with maybe Metal Slug. Mm. And then after that, like, there was no real need for it. But I also understand that this is indie developers who love this genre and want to do their own take on it. I don't think it's more of a running gun. I'm actually getting more of a Contra hardcore and um, 
hardcore vibe to it. Because you know, Contra that, that is a run and gun. Contra 1, Contra 2, um, maybe arguably uh, Spirits, Contra Spirits is a run and gun. Okay. Contra Hardcore is like boss after boss after boss. Boss Rush. Cuphead is definitely a boss rush. But it used to be just game. bosses and then they had to include the like, run and gun stages. Like actual level design. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I know what you mean about it. I mean, but the thing is, because they've, uh, they've fractured it in a way where it's like you don't have to run and gun towards the boss. You can actually just literally via Super Mario World uh, overworld map just like... Which is okay per se, but I yeah. think the highlight, I think all the love for Cuphead all went to the boss fights anyway. Yeah, those were like deliciously devilish and like... I would say also with an actual devil in the yeah, <laughs> but I mean of course it's a Fleischer cartoon. <laughs> yeah. But I mean I would say this uh, for Cuphead, you know, it's um, I have this uh, sentiment that it's a dumbed down version of what games like this used to be like, uh-huh. and and especially like especially after you lose a boss fight and then they show you that flag system where they they tell you how far, how far you are how far you are like oh it's it's really encouraging which adds to the addictive quality of it because then you think to yourself oh I was that close to beating him let me try this again and again it's a nice touch okay yeah. maybe dumbed down is not the word I would say streamlined modern version would you say more like a, a modern version or a bad thing? I would say it's a good thing for this generation because the thing is if you show a kid Mega Man two like oh play this and like they don't know what they're doing or they don't know if they're progressing and like it gets infuriating very quickly and a like, little indicator would be nice a little indicator yeah. would have been nice back in the day or a checkpoint stuff that was included in like Mega Man X and onwards you know like stuff they literally couldn't do at the time because yeah. you know limitations you, yeah, it was just so limited. Powers. like there's only so much memory you had on consoles there's only mm. so much space you had and that design uh, way of thinking like you didn't think of actually putting this back in the day compared yeah. to now yeah, and I think the main problem that people have, and this is not digging you by the way, it's just a lot of old school gamers see that as a weakness, right? A weakness as relying on having, you know, not having to replay the entire game that you spent what forty sing dollars on. Yeah, you didn't have to beat stage one and stage two to get stage three yeah. all the time because you can literally just I'll just gonna fight this boss and practice this over and over again until I nail it. I think that's no. what I appreciate about Cuphead because you can tackle any boss you want in that world. In that world, yeah. Next one, you can go in order. any order, which is very oh, reminiscent of Mega Man because basically, okay, to progr- to beat this boss, you need this special power. Mm-hmm. So you start to strategize and plan. And then also, I like the fact that, um, how you say, the power-ups are... It's not like contra random drops. Oh shit! I got a laser. I wanted to spread. Yeah. You get to pick what you, you get want to plan. Yeah, but, and I also like the limitation where it's like okay, you can only have your loadout is only two weapons, and if you decide to go for the extra heart, okay, all of a sudden the penalty is you do less damage. Mm-hmm. So it keeps it fair. So uh, one thing I want to say about Cuphead, in total, like the totality of it is like, it is the perfect challenge because it's fair. There's nothing about it that feels cheap. Yeah, you know what I mean, like. Like the old school games, like a fucking something will just come out of left, like left frame and knock you out. Like a, a lot of people say, like, oh, Cuphead's a challenge. Like, no, no, no. Ninja Gaiden is a challenge. It's more like an endurance uh, contest. Ah, uh, right? whereas the Cuphead feels like you know what? It's it's not a marathon like the older games are, but it's like a series of sprints that you can perfect. Yeah. Which I totally appreciate. And for me, I feel like Cuphead is a great gateway game. Because I'm pretty sure, like the new generation kids or like even old school guys, right? When they play a game like Cuphead, they'd be like. What else can I play that's just like Cuphead? Then you can immediately be like, Hey, play Metal Slug. There's five of them. Yeah, play the first Contra. Go nuts. Okay, oh. if, if you want a real challenge, kids, Contra 3 Alien Wars on hard. Try. <laughs> that, that game was designed to fuck you up, man. Yeah. That and maybe any... We had an awesome soundtrack to boot too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that or the Ninja Gaiden series. Yeah. That or even like... Even Contra Hardcore is like kicks your ass if you got the Japanese version. Mm. You know, not the, the, the made-for-America easy version. 
Uh, which is actually reverse for hardcore. Hardcore. Contra oh, hardcore was harder in America. For America, right? Cause suck it. Yeah. <laughs> but I would say this, like, uh, Cuphead, a uh, glowing review. I mean, it. I love that game. You know, I mean, yeah. my one sentence review. It's a two-hour game, of which I am eight hours in. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Like, yeah. It, it for guys like me, the challenge it, love it. For me, who like the aesthetics, love it. The controls, crispy and super responsive. Uh, I'm with you there, dude. Yeah, it's a really it's good a reminder that there are still challenging games yeah, out there. It's, it's a good few days since it's been released as of now. There's a few bugs, but I'm sure they patch it up nice and quick. And I would say, like, for like 20 bucks now, right? Or That's maybe? a steal. It's a steal, okay? Mm. And this is like at least 40 hours of your life gone just being good at something. <laughs> Get good. Get yeah. good. Yeah, cup hit, okay? Uh, so maybe we'll move on straight to our main feature where we talk about a goddamn movie. Uh, <laughs> I have this one thing I want to mention. Oh, there you go. Something about aliens. Or something? Yeah, so about aliens. Uh, oh. I've been playing the first huge expansion for uh, XCOM Two: War of the Chosen on your brand spanking new gaming laptop. Yes, I finally got a gaming <laughs> platform so I can actually play games. I gotta ask you, since this is like an XCOM sequel slash spin-off, is this, does it feel more like an expansion or a true sequel? Uh, so did you play the first new XCOM? Uh, yeah, just XCOM a bit. Of it, yeah. No, the first like the uh, XCOM. Oh, Enemy, Enemy Unknown, Unknown, right? Yeah, okay. I played that. I played. And that. then did you play Enemy Within? Yeah. It's kind of the same, but it actually goes a little bit further mm. in that it is still the same game, but it adds so much. It so, might as well be a new game. Oh, okay, I see. So it adds like the main thing is you now have three main boss uh, aliens you have to fight. One is. Uh, an assassin, so she goes invisible and then comes up and strikes you and runs away. Then there's the sniper, well he's called a hunter, but he basically hits you from far away. And the warlock, who is a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> what he does is he stands on the other side of the map and he raises uh, psionic zombies who blow up in your face. Oh man, that's crazy. And he stays there and just keeps summoning it every three turns. Until the round, until the strategy is So speaking over, of right? a challenge, here we go. It's got the standard XCOM bullshit. <laughs> where oh, wait, does it have permadeath? Where you are flanking a guy close up with a shotgun, you have 99% chance to hit and you miss. Whereas <laughs> your enemy is in full cover, high ground, insta headshot, dead. Fucking XCOM, man. Fucking XCOM. But, I mean, in general, it adds a lot of other stuff which is really good. Like, it's got things called soldier bonds. Mm -hmm. So, they're two soldiers who. If they work very well together, they get bonded, so they can do stuff like give each other like extra turns to move, they get aim penal aim bonuses if they're close by. Here's the fun part, if one dies in a mission, the other one goes berserk. Oh right. You can't control them and they don't take cover, but they get extra damage and extra health. And they just go fucking Rambo. Ooh. Huh. And there's also other stuff like um, like your soldiers are varying levels of uh, gifted. So, the thing is they're kind of nice where you have standard intelligence, which means they're stupid. So they <laughs> their standard, their standard uh, range of abilities, whereas if you get Difted or Savant, they can learn like stuff that you didn't choose in your tree. Because you have like a shared pool that you can kind of like buy into to kind of make your soldiers even more powerful. Which you need, because fuck me, the new enemies are pain in the ass. Hmm. So, I mean like... A superior step forward or more it like... It is, like, it's definitely an expansion pack. It's, I mean, it, it'd be like, I mean, it's not like Creative Assembly which released Warhammer 2 recently, which is literally just 
Warhammer one, but you've got the elves, lizard men, Skaven. Mm -hmm. This time, I it is an expansion pack. They're not saying it's you know XCOM three, but it adds enough where it almost feels like it's a new game, and it's so good. I mean, that's what I love about the XCOM series because like they're really generous when it comes to the the follow up like, side game. Yeah, apparently. and they even add extra hero classes, which are so good. But does it like affect the the, the base game, or do you need the base game at all to play this? You do need the base game to play it. So and it's an expansion per se. The thing yeah. is, you launch separate entities, so you can still play the original XCOM Two without having the new stuff. Oh, okay, okay, okay. But okay. You, so you have to. There's a separate launcher for War of the Chosen. Which makes sense, I guess. Yeah, and also it's this is a little annoying nag where you know you can create your own soldiers in XCOM Two. Yeah. You have to recreate them in XCOM War of the Chosen. You can't port them over easily. So it doesn't recognize previous saves at all. No. Oh, so that could be a deal breaker. But I don't think it it's, affects it too I much. I mean, right? it's like it's it's a minor nagle. It's it's like stubbing your toe rather than like cutting your leg off, kind mm -hmm. of like annoyance. Mm, okay, lesser of two evils. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Um, but I just one final thing I want to mention before I give my final thoughts. The hero classes you've got three. You have the Reapers who are like. Guys with marksman rifles, so they're kind of like um, snipers who don't have range, but they can move and shoot, and they have really good stealth, so they can be really close to enemies and fire, and they have a chance of not being discovered if they fire. Okay. And later on, you can get a perk where if they kill someone, they do not get discovered. Hmm, okay. Which is pretty cool. Then you have... Oh, they play with the strategy a lot, eh? Yeah, and then you have skirmishers who are former Advent soldiers who kind of like become free. And they have a thing where they can fire and then move, mm. and or they can fire twice. And they shit at uh, long range, but short range. They've got these bullpup rifles, which are really good. They can like whiplash people in and smack them, and they're just like big heavy hitters in close range. And then you have Templars, who are basically crazy religious fanatics with psionic abilities. They run up and they kill people with psionic blades. Then they get what's called focus. Mm. So they can either like parry attacks, so you can send the parry and then, you know, the next mi shot misses, or they can run away. And then the more people they kill, the more powerful they become, and they release really crazy psionic powers. And they're just bonkers. But I mean, uh, has the game, I mean, does it feel like, I mean, you say it feels like a new game, right? Mm. And they've added new characters, new hero classes. But at the same time, worth the purchase, do you think? Absolutely, I paid $40 sing for it? No, no, it was close to 50 sing. Which is probably the same price as the original game when it almost came out. <laughs> yeah. No wait, the original game came out at 80 bucks, I think, if I remember. Yeah, 70, 80, like 70, 80, 80 right. Is still so you're paying for an expansion, basically. Yeah, I mean, so. it is a big investment, but you can replay your entire like campaign and it feels completely different because I've just talked about the major things they've changed. There's a new enemy, which is like zombies where if you kill them instantly, you don't end your turn, you get like a refresh turn, but there's hundreds of the fuckers. Well, not hundreds, but like 10, 20, Just, 30. just a lot to deal with. Yeah. yeah, so you go from fighting maybe 12, 15 enemies to 50, 60, 70 enemies. And they're easy to kill, but they can easily mob you and kill you. And you've got new missions, you've got new dark events, which are like the modifiers which change your game. It feels like a new game. So it's definitely worth the purchase 100%. Two thumbs up. I mean, that, that's a glowing this review. Sounds, this, this sounds more like something that could have been done better in an action game, but whatever. It's just a recipe. I mean, it works well in this scenario. I could also see it working well in an action game, but 
you know, the last time we when had... When you're pressing and then, and turn, enter, and turn, attack, and turn, and Well, remember that. the last time XCOM tried to make an action game? Yeah, that was terrible. So, oh, the Bureau, right? Yeah. Oh, that was bad. No, 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 no. We're going back. Like, XCOM Enforcers, that was really bad. Enforcer? Well, that's, that's deep cuts right there. <laughs> yeah. But definitely give it a try. Or just wait for the winter sale. It'll probably be on sale for like 50% off. Don't wait for the bundle sale and play every single XCOM game, okay? I mean, except for the, the FPS ones. Yeah. yeah. That was <laughs> no, thank you. I've seen Terra from the Deep. I can do without that stress in my life. Oh, man. You have to play the original one, Interceptor. So we've talked about dinosaurs. We've talked about aliens. We've talked about 50s, 60s, 40s cartoons. But now we're down to the movie. British accents and American accents. Like the... <laughs> Big British action movie of the year, starring a Welshman. Mm. Really? Tara Edmonton's Welsh. Oh, he is no. Welsh. How disappointed are you about that, actually? I'm fine. But they did even it out with Colin Firth coming back. Like the most English English. <laughs> but now with an eye patch. And <laughs> I would say this, like, okay, the big movie that released quite recently and probably the start of the end of the year movie Avalanche, because we are still looking forward to, uh, as of this recording, further down the line, they've got Thor Ragnarok, the JLA movie. And Star Wars, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, Star Wars, man. like that's happening all in a very short span of time. So this is like probably you know, we're not gonna even mention Mother, are we? <laughs> I'll well, say well, it's me- I'll say it's a divisive film. Let's let's mention Mother now. Very pretty piece of shit movie. <laughs> <laughs> very pretty. Yeah, it is. so very pretty and also very shitty. So it's pretty shitty. Yeah. Okay, there you go, mother Jennifer Lawrence. Stop giving her rules. No, let's move on to Kingsman. yeah. Let's just step on to Kingsman. Darren Aronofsky, stop making movies. Okay, you you you, <laughs> you said what you needed to say about religion in Noah. You have no idea what you're talking about. So Kingsman. <laughs> so if you like movies like Johnny English, <laughs> I would say. Now, if you like Johnny English, but you wanted to be a bit more good, Le- less beanie, <laughs> less Atkinsony. Yeah, let more uh like. If James Bond lost his fucking mind. Yeah, okay, I would say yeah. that. But the thing is, you can say that about James Bond in the 70s with like Moonraker and stuff when it really did lose his fucking yeah, mind. Yeah, but it was still kind of like I mean, safe, it was, zany. I would say it was more like unaware uh, zany, whereas this one is it's super self-aware of what it is doing. And like, okay, so we're talking about Kingsman 2, The Golden Circle. Okay, the sequel to the first Kingsman movie, which took me by surprise. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was fun. It was stupid. And it was it's but, great popcorn fluff, you know. I mean, it wasn't like bad stupid. It was like the kind of stupid where you can tell it's made by a very excellent director with fantastic scriptwriter. I mean, I would say Kingsman to me felt like watching like those crank movies. Like I know I'm not supposed to take this seriously. So, and I love the fact that from the get go, it like it just straight away led with it. Like my only problem with the first Kingsman movie was the scenes about him at home dealing with like the abusive the father mom and, and mom that, yeah. like okay I, I, I know you needed some sort of uh, you can character tell, building per se you uh, can tell that that has never been in the east end <laughs> <laughs> well you have so tell us how accurate of an English is this English I mean, Close know. enough. Oi, mate. Hey, chop. <laughs> on the scale of English, how English is this? On English? the scale of EastEnders <laughs> to, to uh, the Royals, which is an American TV show, um, I would say about. Four and a half bruvs. <laughs> I'd say four and a half bruvs out of uh, nine twats. Out of four okay. and a half bruvs out of nine fats with a side of fish and chips. Right. Okay, but uh, Kingsman 2, this is a sequel we didn't expect to come, but this was unfortunately um, very famously kind of, how you say, delayed for some reason? Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, it the release date was pushed. Yeah, it was pushed. And the thing is, right, I can also see in the film, it is very evident where they had to make adjustments and cuts. 
Because like my main problem with this Kingsman movie, it, it felt very lopsided. Mm. And it felt like there was like literally a scene where it proves that okay they didn't like uh they didn't have they, they had to change the story a bit. Because uh I mean spoilers f- of course but Yeah, we talk about spoilers. Well, here, we're so talking about spoilers when that scene when Iggy points to uh, Pedro, what's his name? Pedro, Pedro Pascal. Pascal. Uh, Pedro whiskey, Pas- whiskey, whiskey. His name's Whiskey. Whiskey, and he says, "You're working for the president." He said that, and I was like, "How do you know the president is trying to kill all these people? He never made that public." I think uh, so. Uh, it's like, it was sort of, it was sort of mentioned, but it was sort of mentioned. Not, not that clear. Not no, that but, clear. but here's the thing: yeah. like, like, it, how would Iggy have known that? Because the president never announced it officially. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. Iggy. Exe, I. You think of Iggy Pop? I think that he. I think movie. he probably might have believed what uh, Colin Firth's character was trying to hint at when he shot a whiskey in the head point blank. Something's he, up with him. No, no, but that's, the thing is, the line was, "You're working for the president." None of them knew that the president wanted to not give the. I think the, Mark Strong's character Merlin maybe mention it. I think before he, he killed himself in the in the most ridiculous suicide ever. I think that, I think <laughs> they mentioned it. Back in the base. Okay, but, but okay, a very glorified death. Here's the thing: if you can't uh, remember it properly, then it didn't do. They didn't do well. That's what I'm saying, you know, because the thing is, there's like moments and dialogues that was thrown at you that felt to me like, okay, uh, you obviously had to rewrite some stuff and yeah. you yeah. couldn't edit out of it properly. And also for me, the 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 one part of the whole movie that kind of made it lopsided was the whole uh, subplot with the president not wanting to give the antidote out. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, uh, when did this come in? Because this movie went on for a bit, and then like, he had that moment. I just want to get see someone's ass. Yeah, I just want to end that. Happen. Let's see some fucking fights and gunfights. You know, like why do we have to have this subplot with, with the really? It felt very put together CGI moment of the stadium with the cages. Like yeah, that looked rushed. That didn't look like it was fleshed yeah, up. Yeah, I mean, it's just like you know, how would you plan so far ahead? Because it's a secret that you don't want to give out the cure. But how are you able to tell enough people to create containment facilities? And that's the thing, like a movie like this is you're meant to leave, you know, your brain at the door and just, you know. But if you start pointing this stuff out, then why yeah. add it in the first place? You because know? so that's how I'm thinking. Like this movie probably suffered during the rewrites and the delay, and yeah. like you know, and I think also the biggest clue is like Channing Tatum does fuck all in this movie actually, and he, he was, was like top billing for yeah, a while. Yeah. He was a major part of like the promotion the trailers, push right? in the trailers. He was. Yeah, and and they literally put him on ice, you know, <laughs> not in a metaphoric way. Like, oh, they put him on ice. There you go. It's like a uh, cryogenic cycle. We're gonna yeah. put Channing Tatum away for a while, even so though you he- can get Pedro Pascal because you are still whining about Oberyn Martell dying too soon. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what I liked more about the first Kingsman. It kept things simple, it was and then when you tight. think about yeah, it, yeah. it was okay. It was tight. I mean, some things made sense. This one, that's why I did not like this sequel that much. Not knocking on the action, that was good shit, by that the means, way. Yeah, it's fun. But everything else is like, it left a sour taste in my There's mouth. There's a lot of copy-paste kind of vibe going on. Yeah, That's what yeah. I was thinking about. Yeah, it. I mean, let's get out of the way. This is a really stupid movie. <laughs> it is, it is. <laughs> it is. We're not it's, denying that But it's fun. Yeah. I mean, on a scale... It's popcorn fluff, like, On a scale of uh, Fast and Furious to... Fast and Furious 7. Fast and Furious 7. <laughs> it's Fast and Furious 9. The one right. where they go to space levels are stupid. Yeah, 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 number 9, number 9. I mean, but the thing is, right. Uh, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. But I think what I enjoyed most about this movie was all the other things that distracted me from the plot holes and the problems with this production. I mean, basically, it has one of the most interesting fingering scenes ever. <laughs> and probably yes. the best cameo from Elton John in a long time. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> let's talk about the. We get to see him act in real life. Let's talk this. about the fingering scene again. We're gonna talk about the fingering scene? <laughs> it's like. 
I mean, the anal, the anal sex joke in the first film was already pushing it in terms of what was acceptable. But isn't that the golden circle? I guess so. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Isn't that what it's all about? Oh, oh no, the golden circle. <laughs> it isn't Tilly's asshole. I'm sorry. Okay. Anyway, um, this was like I was watching that, and they kept on showing and showing that. Okay, now you cut away. Now you cut away. <laughs> Why are you still going? Why are you? St- <laughs> Okay, now I know what the inside of a cervix looks like. <laughs> Thank you very much. Oh man, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Golden circle, very educational when you think about it. Uh, no, but anyway, oh man. Okay, enough, enough about her golden circle. Okay, leave her golden circle alone. Uh, but okay. So you gotta admit, the first cut, I mean, the first action scene you see with the cyborg guy, that with the male hand, all that, the yeah. car scene, that, that was, was good shit. That was a good opener. And I think the interpretation of the bar fight was good, I mean... A reverse thing going on, yeah, I like that. It was a bit cheap that they had to cut Harry down to make it work. Yeah, I know. It's like, I mean, okay, I get... It you, makes sense because he's kind of weakened after getting You want to show that he's still back. recovering, but at the same time, like... You didn't have to do exactly the same sequence. It's like, he even says the same line again, it's like... Come on. Like, just make him sit down immediately and let Pedro take over. I mean, that's the one thing I dis- dislike about a lot of sequels is when it revisits its first material. Because the thing is, yeah. like, when I saw that bar fight scene, it was immediately like watching an Austin Powers movie, like, oh, you're doing the joke from the first movie. Mm. You know, like... Except you're doing a bit uh, of a twist. But this time, it. here's the twist. But that's the problem, because the thing is, you, if you didn't expect the twist, it doesn't look clever. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like, okay, so we're doing this now. And uh, just so that Pedro Pascal can have a, a whipping scene. Like, okay, yeah, all right. He's he's a better Wonder Woman than Wonder Woman, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> wow, <laughs> you we're go. on that, are we? Yeah, but if and anything, is like, um, I mean, yeah, I guess it's supposed to be fun. It's, I guess it's not supposed to be a clever movie, you know? But the thing is, the problem I have, basically, is the first Kingsman movie was a great parody on Bond films and spy movies in Absolutely. general. Whereas this one now feels like, oh, we just need to shit something out. And this is like... Uh, we just need to top ourselves from the first one. And if we can't top ourselves, just do the same thing, but we just change it a little bit. It clearly shows that, yeah, yeah it's yeah. just trying to follow a shadow and with some new scenes here. Another there. thing I want to bring up is I don't know what Matthew Vaughan's personal political holdings are mm-hmm. because both villains in both films had some kind of like higher ideal. To, like the first guy, Valentine, he wanted to end global warming through killing everyone. Okay, fine. Oh, that's literally the James Bond reference because our original James Bond villains is like, oh, because to create a better world, I need to destroy this one. So, so that's it's the like joke, yeah. Going for a good goal through bad means. Exactly. Kind of thing? Okay. That, that's the joke. Yeah, but it's just like, I'm by feeling after watching this because I personally agree to a certain extent with the villain. Here about you know legalizing and taxation. Oh, Poppy, way. right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Poppy, that's the name. Played fabulously boring by Julian Moore. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> very one like, note. That was a, it's one a, note, but it's kind of like a cheery, adorable a, one note. Right? Yeah. It was such a dull villain compared to Sam L. Motherfucking Jackson, who did it with the lisp, and yeah. it was still terrifying. <laughs> there you go. She's got uh, robot dogs. I can't complain about I, that. I can complain <laughs> I know, about the robot dogs. She was more scary in Mockingjay. Ah. Oh right. Yeah, yeah. Totally right. forgot. I can see there. that. Like as. As um, Minister Grey, whatever her name was, she was far more intimidating because she was so, you know, calculating crazy. I think she's just collecting a paycheck. She's just there reading the lines. Yeah, and... Then acting all 50s about it, too. Yeah. 
I mean, she has a, like that Stepwood Wives kind of vibe yeah. about her, but uh, I appreciate that. I mean, I, yeah. I appreciate the choice, but the thing is, right? Her scenes is basically just exposition. I'm doing this because blah blah blah, yeah. and then I need to do to get this to do this, and I need this person to do this for me. And like, all right, that's that's all she does. She just explains the story along. Yeah, I mean, her personal like goal. Like, okay, fine, I kind of agree to a certain extent, but it's just like I much in the sense I'm thinking, one. I don't want to know which websites you <laughs> I don't think I blame Vaughn. I mean, this is based on which comic book by... Is it Mark Miller also? No. Um, no. Uh, is it Mark, 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 Mark Miller did Kingsman. Yeah, the first one. Mr. Uh, Kick-Ass also, right? Yeah, Mr. Kick-Ass. Yeah. Yeah. So Kingsman and Kick-Ass, which is very divisive yeah. in their uh, I think Mark Miller content. just wants to get into movies, which is why he's doing it's stuff It's super like this. obvious yeah. that it's, every it's, comic book he does yeah. it has to be adapted. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, since like, Kick-Ass, now Kingsman. What else has he done? I don't care. No, he's but done anyway. so many, which... Uh, Wanted was Mark Miller too. Wanted became a movie too, yeah. which wasn't that good go. either. I mean, it was enjoyable. It had its moments. That's just yeah, I mean, that. but then, that's the thing about uh, the Kingsman movie is like it's meant to be fun. Yeah, and it's thing, moments driven. It's not so it's much a whole picture driven. thing. And the thing is, that's why I'm so forgiving about the first one. Whereas this one, it felt like okay, we're trying to have fun, and all of a sudden, somebody made some decisions behind the scenes where like, oh, we need to add this element and this element, and like, why I'm complaining so much about the president all of a sudden being an asshole is like, oh, because it's so you know topical because Trump's an asshole. We need to have an asshole president all of a sudden. But I mean, if they wanted to do a Trump facsimile, they shouldn't have made him so competent. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's like. <laughs> You are targeting, like, I felt like they were targeting Bush, and it's like, motherfucker, this was two president cycles ago. Like, 2007, they want their president facsimile back. I think it would be more like President Reagan. Reagan had the whole war on drugs thing. Oh, okay, so the 1980s called, they want their crazy president back. The 1980s called, they want James Bond movies back. Okay, but if anything, um, I would say this, Kingsman, action, alright. It didn't top the first one for me, though. Absolutely not. I mean, I was like, all right, you know. So you know, compare church scene, Freebird solo. Yeah, there you go. Compared <laughs> to the Saturday night fighting, empty Cambodian temple with Saturday night. Yeah, not gonna you beat it, gonna but it's still fun to watch. But, uh, it, it's it's good fun, and also Elton John was so much fun. <laughs> So I, I keep forgetting that he is a man from the hard end of London, <laughs> because he's got, who loves musicals. Yeah, he's got you know that very high singing voice. He's got that very campy appearance, and he's like you know uh, look, the ultimate gay dad. And then when you hear him talking uh, interviews, like this guy could smash your teeth in. Mm-hmm. I mean. He grew up in the seventies, dressed like that. Of course, he has to be able to defend himself. Like you know, this is a you've man... seen those boots. They have weapons too. <laughs> yeah, then this is a man those who spurs are for sure. For who he was. So I mean, okay, another thing we need to bring up in terms of cameos, right? So who the fuck is Wu Ting Feng? Apparently, the most popular Singaporean in the world. <laughs> <laughs> we want to bring that up. It's it's so funny to see Singaporean watching that. Facebook, yeah, it's like I blow up and say I, I saw a thing on Facebook. It was like most famous Singaporeans, uh-huh. and it includes six people. Like five were real people, like like uh, ministers. I wouldn't know about this guy actresses. until bring like, it up. On Lee Kuan Yew, that one guy who's in every movie. But ever. do you remember the Wu Ting Feng character in Kingsman? Not particularly. Like, what? <laughs> when he goes and he says, "Oh, this is the case." To, you're delivering to Singapore, yes. You're wounding fan. And then there's like this yes! thing. Yes! Oh <laughs> and then they cut to this like like random like screen and there's like you see him 
like there's there's a person there's the name Wu Ting Feng. It's like I'm a Singaporean. I've never met a guy named Wu Ting Feng. And if I did, oh, you are gonna have such a terrible life from yeah, now. Like, <laughs> the Wu surname is not popular here at all. Is it's it? common, but it's, it's not, not popular. It's not that common. Come on, like, it's compared, not as compared to Lee. I know all Lee. Yeah, that's seventy percent. Lee and Tan. I know. That's like ninety percent of all Chinese here. I know actually a few Wu's here. No, but okay. th- this is what I want to say. Is like. That to me also felt like okay. There was probably a whole Singapore section that was gonna be that was cut out though. That was yeah, cut yeah. out and replaced by this random Cambodian jungle green screen horror fifties diner. Like, ah, so that could have been a problem. You know what I mean? Because like the thing is, it, it felt like it didn't feel like a throwaway joke. It felt like something that I mean, yeah, it was supposed to lead up to the whole uh, avalanche in the the cable car scene. Yeah, but it's like, why would they throw this in so randomly? You know what it's I mean? Like, I mean. Was it a cut for our um, audience? Do you think so? There's like I no, 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 no. I, I, there's no regional version. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, maybe because like, why would you reference Singapore and not go to Singapore? Exactly. Even pirates went to Singapore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or uh, the latest Hitman Forty Seven movie, which was literally filmed in Singapore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you know, I was when that came up. I was like, please don't film in Singapore. Please don't film in Singapore. I don't need another shot of MB fucking S. But here's the thing that I want to also kind of bring up. It's like, uh, oh, wait, this is the, a cure for drugs in Singapore. You have no idea what about the drug laws in Singapore, do you? <laughs> like, yeah, we like, don't have epidemic problems like, with drugs here. Or maybe that's why it's only one case. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's like... Okay, it's one case with one vial for that one and guy. And all the cops are waiting at a side like, who's it smoking, damn it? Like, so, uh, all five people who take drugs in Singapore. Which is why I'm thinking why they had to edit the movie somehow because probably you had to definitely go to like, you know, certain governance bodies or embassies and say like, can we mention this joke and use the country? And no, then they'd no, be like, train a country wrong. you have no idea about Singaporean drug laws, do you? Do you know the penalty for like even an ounce is death? And like, Oh yeah, so why would they need a cure? We just totally ruined our movie. God damn it, now we got to shoot in Cambodia. Where we know in the mountains and jungles they grow weed, run by Julian Moore and robot dogs. Like, and heroin. And heroin. And like, uh, uh, what? Like, uh, this movie is really confusing. Or it's confused. Hey, like we said before, <laughs> stupid movie. Don't think about it too much. But exactly, turn your brain off, watch the movie, have a good time, you know. Elton John cameo, random fingering, you know, Glastonbury. They throw everything into it's this film. It's a solid five out of seven. It's a solid. Yeah, it's a very. Yes. Yeah. It's a solid. It's a joke. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's yeah. It's about four brothers. How do you top of, that, man? How do you top that by not making any more Kingsman movies? Yeah. Leave it alone. Yeah, I mean it's a, it's a solid six, which I know I know anyone who calls me out I know it's lower than the rating I gave for the Power Rangers movie. Mm. But I I had fun. Yeah? I had a lot of fun. But my god, was this stupid. <laughs> 5 out of 10 out of 3. 5 out of 10? Yeah, it's Ooh. just dumb. No, but okay. let's do this context. And uh-huh. also sort of like a shadow of the first Kingsman. Like, how, anyway. what would you rate the first Kingsman? I'll give it an 8. Seven, like 7 and 8, right? 7 8 round Like there. for me, like this Kingsman movie is definitely like a 4.5 to 5 out of 10. I mean, oh. I, was in, I enjoyed it enough to like, you know what? Yeah, I'm not going to take this seriously. I'm just going to have fun. And it did provide those moments of fun. Didn't give me the church fight scene and didn't give me the epic, the whole world's going crazy, killing each other scene. Close uh, enough though. But like, you know, the, that was such an amazing scene because I was playing everybody wants you yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Like, no Casey uh, in the Sunshine yeah, Band was yeah. like playing uh, along to the destruction of the world whereas this one the finale is basically Pedro Pascal going through a meat grinder like eh, alright so, okay so it's the second of a- time we see his head being crushed <laughs> <laughs> 
and the other part of his body too. Yeah, yeah well, why, why did, why don't the, you the want the joke is best if you just mention the head? Yeah. Why do you want the junkies to die? <laughs> they raped her. They killed her. <laughs> they killed my pregnant turtle sweetheart. Okay, dude, Jesus Christ. All right, okay. Alright, okay, so Kingsman, eh, if you want a good time and you don't want to be, you know, impressed at all, go ahead and watch it, you know, not really recommended by us, watch the first one instead if you could. Yeah, I mean, because at least you won't have to watch Jeff Bridges try and say <laughs> champ- champagne. Champ- champagne with a modicum of seriousness. Oh man, okay, Jeff Bridges coming up for no reason also. Eh, but okay, I'm so... a stupid set of code names. Like, what? At least the kings would make sense, like you know, Galahad, Lancelot, Merlin, Arthur. So Champagne, uh, whiskey. What was the name of uh, Halle Berry's character? I have no idea. I st- I forgot she cocktail, was in the movie right? or something. Yeah. So- Cocktails, so- cocktail, cocktail. No, but here's, here's some the- mixer bullshit. No, but here's the problem. Margarita, right? Like and calling Chinese Tatum tequila. It's like. That's offensive. No, no, it would have been <laughs> offensive if Pedro Pascal's character was called tequila. Yeah, it'd be like you racist mother. Are you Mexican? I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, but there you go. Kingsman and uh, Golden Circle tightened. So that's uh, wrapping up this episode of The Last King Podcast. Yeah. Okay, so we're finally back for season three. Woohoo! More episodes to come, more things, more shit talking, more misogyny, all the things you love about The Last King Podcast. <laughs> and now with Both ad- contradicting opinions. And now with added incest. Thank you, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so we're going to be signing off for this very special return to form season, hopefully, episode 1, season 3, maybe episode 51 to be more in canon. So uh, this is your uh, co-host, Dr. Shafiq. This is your other co-host, Eccentric Tom. And this is the other co-host, Mr. Toffee, signing out. Incest!